So your boy's name is what? Snot. You call the guy Snot? Snot Boogie. Yeah. Snot Boogie. You like the name? What? Snot Boogie. This kid whose mama went to the trouble of christening Omar Isaiah Betts? You know, he forgets his jacket. So his nose starts running and some asshole, instead of giving him a Kleenex, he calls him snot. So he's snot forever. Doesn't seem fair. Life just be that way, I guess. So, who shot snot? I ain't going to no court. Happening, no. Definitely not. I mean, he could have just whipped his ass like we always whip his ass. I agree with you. He's gonna kill Snot. Snot been doing the same shit since I don't know how long. Kill a man over some bullshit. I'm saying. And every Friday night, we're in the alley behind the cut rate, we rolling bones, you know? I mean, all the boys from around the way, we roll to late. Alley crap game, right? Like every time, he Snot. It fade a few shooters. Play it out to the pots deep. Snatch and run. What, every time? Couldn't help itself. Let me understand you. Every Friday night, you and your boys will shoot crap, right? But every Friday night, your pal Snot Boogie. He'd wait till there was cash on the ground, then you'd grab the money and run away? You let him do that? Man, we'd catch him and beat his ass, but ain't nobody never go past that. I gotta ask you, if every time Snot Boogie would grab the money and run away, why'd you even let him in the game? What? When Snot Boogie always stole the money, why'd you let him play? Got to. This America, man. Welcome once again to All Geeked Out. It's your number one podcast destination for everything you geek out about. And I apologize uh, about the the long intro, but uh, I felt it was uh, it needed to be done um, because today uh, we're going to talk about probably uh, well, definitely my favorite. Uh, just TV, cable, whatever you want to call it, series uh, of all time. Uh, and I would say, you know, arguably the best TV series, TV slash cable series of all time. Uh, we're talking about The Wire. Um, yeah, I, I say arguably. I mean, it depends who you talk to. Some, I think to this day, there's probably people that still haven't seen The Wire. Um, 
But and if and if you're one of those, if you're listening today, and you're one of those people that have not yet watched The Wire, uh, I I highly highly recommend that you go out and you do. Um, it doesn't matter if you're not into, uh, say, like on you know from the outside, this looks like a you know just your your run of the mill you know crime drama, police drama, what have you. Uh, it is not. I promise you, it is not. This is. This is some deep shit, um, really. Like, like I'm not gonna say it, it is a crime drama uh, per se, but it's not. It's like nothing you've ever seen before. Um, the depth, the layers, the just the just how they just from from the production team. You know, I mean, from from the creators to the production team to the actors. I mean, there are people involved in this in this series that. Uh, have lived this life. I mean, there's real life. Like, some, actually, some of the people depicted in the series are actually in the show. Um, a lot of the the characters created for the series are based on like real life individuals um, from from the past. Um, it, it's just it's it's like every, every you peel away every layer, and there's something there that that just takes this a step above any any series you've ever seen you know and you know and once again today uh you know i'm without my partner um co co-host and um you know co-pilot as i always call him emilio um and we've 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 talked we've we've talked about this in previous episodes uh you know how i'm definitely like a wire guy like i i say that's the best series ever he's definitely a sopranos guy he says that's the the best series ever and i'm not gonna argue like i mean i could argue it like from my point of view but i completely understand how somebody else would see otherwise and maybe think the sopranos um was the best series and maybe there's other people you know a lot of people say game of thrones and hey that's that's saying a lot for hbo i mean that's three three of the the top series that gets mentioned in this discussion uh time and time again HBO series, you know, um, I also put, you know, Breaking Bad in that discussion. I mean, that's one of my favorites. And, but I, I also feel like it's an unfair argument because Breaking Bad should get some extra points because they have censorship restrictions, you know? So it's like, you know, it's like fighting a battle with one hand tied behind your back. I mean, there were certain things that they couldn't do yet. They still get in this discussion. So you could say Breaking Bad, it was like the best, the most cleverly created series ever maybe um but for pure entertainment uh from the from the viewer uh from a from a fan perspective or a, or a, you know a viewer's perspective i mean the wire is the best bang for your buck you know it's five seasons tightly knit um you know each season tells its own story uh and it's it's all wrapped up at the end like and it's it's just beautifully done, you know, created by David Simon, um, you know, it, in in collaboration with um, Ed Burns, uh, you know, Robert Colesbury was another another one of the creators or producers. Um, and, you know, you get into some of this. I mean, David Simon was a reporter for the Baltimore Sun. Uh, he, he ran like the police I guess blog. I don't think you would call it a blog back then, but he was like the police uh, investigator. Like he, he was the one that did all the stories on the crime in the city. Uh, so this this guy's firsthand, firsthand knowledge on this stuff um, in Baltimore. 
Uh, then you got Ed Ed Burns, uh, not to be confused with uh, Ed Burns, uh, who you know, uh, uh, popular. Uh, I think he was a director, producer in Hollywood, actor. Uh, he played um, uh, Rybin in Saving Private Ryan. That's Ed, that's a different Ed Burns. Not to be confused with that Ed Burns. This is a, a whole different Ed Burns. Um, Ed, this guy is. Uh, he was a police detective in Baltimore, Baltimore police detective, uh, turned, eventually left the police force to become a school teacher. And I don't, if you're a fan of the show, you watch the show, uh, I don't think you need to, I don't, I need to say anything else to kind of guess who this, uh, who Ed Burns, which character was, uh, kind of modeled after him. Uh, I don't think it's like, you know. None of the, nothing is like exact, you know, as far as like what they've did. And it's not this. This is not necessarily based on a true story type of thing. But all of the characters, all of the players, um, in this in this story, uh, were most of them were based on actual people. We'll get into a lot of that uh, during this, um, not this episode, this series of episodes. Uh, what are there's just too much to unpack with the wire. Um, so I'm just what I figured I'd do is I'm not gonna do like you. I could actually do an episode for every uh, an episode a, a podcast episode for every fucking episode of this show. I mean it's that dense, it's that deep. Um, but I'm not gonna do that. You know this isn't you know th- there's there's podcasts out there that do that. They do just there's a podcast just about the wire. I mean there's a few of them out there. Um, that's not what I'm gonna do. That's not what we do here at all. Geeked out. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to condense it and I'm going to do an episode for each season of The Wire uh, because they are vastly different. They are they do focus on a different aspect of, uh, you know, the inner city life in Baltimore and, and all that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, th- this is this is this. This is definitely something that was going to happen no matter what. Um, there were two things that I was definitely going to do. I was definitely going to do Lord of the Rings episodes. Those are done. I did those. And I was definitely going to do The Wire. And that's it's it's time. Um, I figured, what the hell? Let me just dive into this. Uh, it is the 20-year anniversary uh, this year. Uh, the Wire came out in 2002. Uh, I believe it was in, I want to say June, June something, like early June 2002, The Wire, uh, first, the very first episode of The Wire, uh, the very first scene of which you just heard, and I'm going to say, yeah, so I think it went into, like, so today, today is the 8th, I mean, I think... Uh, I want to say August 4th and then the Sunday after. So we're right in between like uh, maybe episode 10 and 11, I think. Um, so that would be where we're at in season one of The Wire. If we're talking 20 years ago, that's where we're at. So 20 years ago, yeah. And for me, personally, I admit, I've admitted before, I did not watch The Wire um, live episode after episode i didn't i didn't catch on to this and, and i think i think that there's a majority of the fans of the wire that can say this that say they didn't catch it till after it was already done or they didn't catch it until this you know later on and then had to go back and re and watch like episodes um and i don't know why i don't know if there was bad marketing by hbo um there's something wrong there's, there's something wrong there because 
how did the season, how did the series this good get so like you know just missed like by by so many people that went back and watched it and fucking loved it. Um, and it's like I said before, like we t- we spoke uh, myself and Emilio, we talked about uh, how you know this always followed the Sopranos, and like I said, it's like one se- one 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 of those days I had to have like not changed the channel after Sopranos was over, you know, and and just caught some of this and been like, holy shit, you know, but whatever the case may be, hey, this is a uh, this is you know groundbreaking stuff. Uh, like I said. Uh, David Simon, Ed, Ed, um, Jesus, Ed Burns, uh, they just, they went on to create this show, and if you're looking for more of this type of stuff, all right, first of all, we'll go before The Wire, um, he produced a show, uh, David Simon produced a show called The Corner, uh, it was a mini, like a mini limited series, I guess you would call it now, that's what they call them nowadays, back then it was like a short series, uh, it was based on the same kind of stuff. Um, it was a, based on a book that he had wrote, and he also wrote another book. It was about homicide, and there was a, a network series. I believe it was NBC. Uh, some people pro- have probably seen it called Homicide Life on the Street. I've never seen it, and I I still, even, as much as I love The Wire, I, I went back and watched The Corner. It was pretty good. I went back and watched uh, Homicide Life on... I, I never... I, I'm sorry. I never went back and watched Homicide Life on the Street. Uh, just because it's... it's it's. I've said this before. I just... I cannot stand network series. They're too formula. They're too politically correct. They're too afraid of offending any group of people. And nowadays... I mean, you can't say the word the without offending somebody. I mean, I mean, you can't get that far in a fucking sentence today without offending one of these fucking groups. Um... Which it pisses me off to no end because I've said before everybody's just gonna relax and 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 stop being so fucking like sensitive about shit. Jesus Christ, and I I probably just offended a group of people by that, like just because I took the law Jesus's name in vain, and I and, and it's not even like wasn't done with any kind of you know vitriol. It was just I, it's just a word that comes out of your mouth. It's words. It's words, people. It's words. Uh, we're lucky to be able to. Say words, you know. 99.9% of the species on this earth cannot vocalize. Why don't we use the whole spectrum of our fucking language? Um, all right, that's all I'm going to get on that. So we're talking about the wire today. So I'll, I'll, I'll get off my fucking soapbox. But before I do, I, it's just funny because the whole Jesus Christ thing just reminded me. Um, I, I was just watching um, The Nice Guys uh, last night. Uh, with uh, you know uh, Ryan Gosling, Russell Crowe, that the movie, it, it, fucking f- hilarious, awesome fucking movie. Uh, but there was a scene in there where he, he said something about Jesus Christ, and somebody says, "Oh, you don't take the Lord's name in vain," and he's like, "I didn't take it in vain. I I used it. I used it to to like prove a point." <laughs> it's, it's, it was it was so funny. It just reminded me of that. But yeah, getting off my soapbox. Sorry for the rant. Um. Yes, we are talking about the wire. Um, so let's just get into episode one. And like like every uh, pilot episode of, of any series, um, you know, you're getting a lot of character introduction here. Um, and you know, number one, obviously, we just met Jeremy McNulty, uh, and that the the scene the scene in the street was. Uh, you know, talking about Snot Boogie uh, has nothing to do. Now you got to remember, like you know, if you don't know this 
if we've never seen this show, you got to remember, like, think about it. This is the very first day. This is June, like, 2nd or 6th or 4th or whatever. I don't remember what the premiere date was. But you don't know that. You don't know that, like, that se- that scene, uh, talking about Snot Boogie, mm-hmm. that might have had, maybe that had some kind of, uh, you know, uh, bearing on the show or anything. No, it's just a throwaway scene. But it gives you a little bit of insight into uh jimmy mcnulty who is the you know definitely the main character of the show um and it kind of shows you like how he he could kind of relate to these to you know people on the street you know like he it's like he there's no racism with him there's no uh like none of that like he doesn't see black white you know poor rich maybe a little bit of that but like he looks at himself as like like a person from the street, you know, like he kind of, and you see some of that in some scenes later where like, you see that dichotomy with, uh, you know, like his life, his, what his wife wanted from his ex-wife wanted from him and what his, you know, what he really perceives himself as. And he looks at himself as like somebody, a man of the street, a man that can relate to these people. And you see that in that scene where he's talking about the guy, talking to the guy, the guy doesn't want to talk. You know, I'm not talking. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not uh, going to be a witness and no call. He said something to those effects, but McDulty just gets him talking and he just talks to him and talks to him and talks to him. And eventually the guy kind of gives him a few things, you know, like he's like, Hey, you know, we learned that, you know, snot boogie. He always is, is, He'll always take the money from the crap game, you know. He'll always run around. He'll he'll take it and run away. He'll hang around for a little bit, and then like we learn all these little details, and that's that's the magic of McNulty. That's what he does so well, and that's what all the other detectives and all, all and the and the police and his superiors they just don't get is that's. That's the essence of McNulty. That's w- this one little scene. That's that's why I wanted to play that whole scene out. Is because that's what makes McNulty good police, as they would say. That's what makes him just a great detective. Is that he can sit there with somebody and just get them to open up. You know, just being himself and just without without like any kind of phoniness. You know what I mean? Like he he's just himself. And he gets them, gets people to, like, tell him things. And he's also very perceptive. Um, but th- th- that's, we'll get, we're going to get, obviously, McNulty's going to be a topic of conversation going on and on in this, in this, uh, in these episodes that I do, uh, talking about The Wire. But let's, we'll get into, like, so after that, then we, it, after the, uh, the intro, then it cuts to, you know, Bunk uh bunk morland and jimmy walking into court okay so you see them and bunk morland is his homicide uh partner and bunk morland is another bunk's another great character um bunk is almost his his moral compass and the thing about bunk is you you bunk's not the guy you want as your moral compass cuz bunk has uh, plenty of you know He's got plenty of downside in his own personality and his own traits. I mean, he's he's definitely uh, got some flaws. But the thing about Bunk is he knows when the line has been crossed. You know, he and he he'll like he has his own like line, and 
uh, he'll let McNulty know when he crosses that line. Um, so he's good in some ways. Uh, but what's, but I mean, Bunk's another, he's another womanizer, like, you know, cheats on his wife all the time. I mean, the two of these guys together are just bad news. I, like, I, I get the feeling that Bunk would be, uh, like a stand up citizen, like a, like a, you know, just like a moral, like, uh, a pillar of moral fortitude, um, on his own or with like somebody else that wasn't like as bad as McNulty and McNulty just has that way of dragging the people around him down to his level. And it's one of the things I love about him. You know what I mean? Like you have this just, he's got a unique qualities, you know? And you know, Hey, is it the character? Is it the character of McNulty? Is it Dominic West? I mean, Dominic West plays this, uh, this character, like, Oh my God, it's like, so it's not like, I wonder, like if you read this in a book, would it be as, would this character be as attractive? You know what I mean? Like, and I, I say that, you know, like as, would it be as appealing, um, a character as watching it on the screen with Dominic West portraying him because, because Dominic West does so good. I mean, he's, he's. You know, he's got that, he's a he's an English actor. I mean, he had to learn a Baltimore accent. And I'm not from Baltimore. I'm from the Northeast. I don't know what a Baltimore, real Baltimore accent sounds like. Um, but I, 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 he didn't sound English. I know that. There was one scene, and we'll probably get at that at some point. But there was one scene where it, it comes out a little bit. But, um, yeah, McNulty and Bunk, those are our two, you know, they're not necessarily the two main characters. Like, McNulty, yeah. Bunk is just one of many secondary characters. Um, but so they're walking into court. And the reason, I, I, I'm not sure why Bunk's going into court. Because they separate. McNulty's just going into court just to sit in on a case. And he's sitting on this on this Boxdale case. All right, so what we learn eventually is that McNulty got beat on a case a while back. And McNulty's not the kind of guy to let something like that slide. And that's just another, it's just another, it's a, it's a very subtle insight into McNulty's character that the, the whole reason that this whole series kicks off or this whole season, at least is because he couldn't let it slide that he got beat in court by one of, by somebody from Boxdale's crew on a murder rap. And, that's the whole reason he's in court at the very beginning. Okay. So that's just keep that in mind. So he goes to court and he's just sitting in the, in the state, in the, you know, in the, in the, the, you know, the audience area. I don't know what the fuck you call it. Um, and he's just watching this court case unfold and he sees a couple of witnesses come up and the, and the, the court, the, the case is D'Angelo Boxdale, who is Avon Boxdale's next nephew, who will meet, soon but we see d'angelo he's he's the he's the defendant and he's watching the witnesses describe you know what happened and the first witnesses is that the first witness that comes up is this guy gant and he's just a maintenance man for these housing projects that this murder happened in and he tells the story of uh you know what he saw he saw d'angelo boxdale he fingers d'angelo he points him out in the court um that he shot this guy Another, they, they get another witness, a security guard that was in the lobby. She saw it happen as well. She gave a statement that said she saw D'Angelo Boxdale shoot the guy. So now we start to see uh, she changes her story. 
So we start to see this these, these Boxdales, you know, we don't even know who they are. We have no idea who the Boxdales are. We have no idea who anybody is. This is the very first scene, other than the, the, the snot boogie scene, this is the very first scene in the show. But you already get this idea, like, all right, this is some kind of a, it's not just a, a gang of street thugs. This is like some kind of a criminal organization. Because you know, they you can already tell they turned this witness. They got this, whether it was by intimidation, uh, payoff, or whatever, we don't know at this point. But we know, like, she obviously changed her story. And you got all these people in the, in the, in the stands there watching her and looking at her. And you can see... Uh, this this character, who now we know as Idris Elba, back then I, I'm not so sure he he was not that famous uh, at this time when this this first aired, but Idris Elba um, plays Stringer Bell, and we we understand that this guy you could tell he's got some weight like he just holds like uh, there's like a a weight around this guy like he's somebody you know what I mean he's somebody to be reckoned with and. McNulty kind of they kind of like look at each other and Stringer being you know as astute as he is recognizes McNulty and like kind of looks back at him he sketches this little fucking picture in his uh in his in his notebook that he's got and he like looks at McNulty and he shows it to him and it's like like some kind of like superhero looking guy with a middle finger up says fuck you detective and he shows it and McNulty gets a kick out of it like he doesn't get like you know butt hurt over shit like that like he he admires that kind of like um you know uh bravado you know and uh so he's getting a kick out of it he eventually goes and gets the the arresting officer tells him that your 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 case is getting blown up in court right now and the guy's like fuck you no way and, and uh he's like yeah well and then they, you show them again for the for the you know, for the uh, verdict, and they find him not guilty, and the guy's like, eh, whatever, that guy will end up dead, or whatever, and uh, as McDulty's walking out of the court, he stops by Stringer Bell, and he says, hey, nicely done, and then walks out. So, in this scene, so we meet a lot of characters in this scene for the for the show. You're meeting D'Angelo Boxdale, okay? You're meeting Stringer Bell. Um, you meet um, Morris, Maurice Levy, who is the Boxdale lawyer, the slimy Jew, bat, Jew uh, lawyer that, uh, not, not, I, didn't, I don't mean Jew in a bad way, I'm just saying like the slime, slimy Jewish lawyer, like the, the quintessential slimy Jewish lawyer, um, like, a, like, a, like a, a Saul Goodman with less charisma, uh, if, you, if you can get, if you can, understand what i mean there um like i said not, in no way disparaging lawyers or jewish people or either of them i'm just saying he's that's just the the character this guy is playing um and i mean we see a few of the boxdale crew in the in the in the like the stands once again i don't know what the fuck you call that the uh, I know the galley the gallery uh what we call in a court um but you got uh, I think you see like Savino. I think you see Weebay, uh, a couple of them. Uh, but we'll meet them more in depth later. So that's the big, the big first scene, uh, and that kind of sets sets the stage. Well, actually, no, the, the stage is set shortly after as McNulty is leaving the courtroom. This is important to remember. Okay, McNulty did not set out to set these wheels in motion. He was on his way out of the court. The judge. 
uh, Judge Phelan was the presiding judge. He happened to notice that that McNulty was in the courtroom, and he, him, uh, Phelan and McNulty have some kind of history uh, that we're not really fully like we're not filled in on at any time like they uh i think phelan was like a uh you know a, a district attorney or an, an ada at some point uh so they you know uh district attorneys and and police often work together when they're you know bringing a case to court uh so it's it's very well they may they may have the the you get the impression that it went beyond that, though. I mean, it looks like like maybe they went to high school together. I I don't know. I don't. There, there was definitely some kind of a strong connection between the two of them. And then Phelan, you know, got the get a get a judgeship, and they kind of you know they kind of drifted apart. You know, they were in cer- different circles, social circles, or whatever, political circles, and all that. But Phelan recognizes that McNulty's in in the courtroom, so he. he Sends his like one of his um, I don't know what you call them you know his his secretaries or whatever assistants uh, out to go bring him into his chambers. So McNulty kind of got dragged into this, but you can't help but think that Phelan knew that if he pressed McNulty, there was gonna be you know he was gonna just spill. He just can't help himself. McNulty just can't help himself. And if, if he has any kind of grudge about anything, he's going to let it, he's going to say it. Um, even though he knows it's, it's going to fucking pork himself in the end, he just can't help himself. And that's one of those things you love about McNulty. So McNulty goes into the courtroom and Phelan's like, what do you, you know, basically saying like, what are you doing there? And McNulty's like, oh, you know, I just, I want to, he, he brings up the fact that, um, this is like the third time that this Barksdale crew beat a murder rap in your, and this one happened in your court. And Phelan kind of takes offense to that. He's he's like, you know, they beat a murder rap in my court. You know, what what are you talking about? And he tells him about the uh, the bow case that he got beat on, uh, and there was another one, and then this one. And and every time they're like they're either turning the witnesses, paying them off, killing them, whatever, threatening them. So this gets Phelan interested. And he's like, what are you talking about? And, like, and McNulty starts talking about the Boxdales. And he knows he, like they own the towers. They've been running the towers for a couple of years or something like that. Uh, and the low rises. And that's one thing I don't, I still to this day don't know. Like how does McNulty know all this stuff? And I, I, the only theory that I have is that because he got beat on that case, he started digging. Because that's what McNulty does. He, you, he doesn't get what he wants in in one situation, and he will just dig and dig until he can get what he wants. And that's the whole essence of the wire is McNulty. That one, this obscure little case that he he got beat on, opened up this whole can of worms that he that just the wire is what it is. It's all because of this little obscure case to think of that. Think of that. If next time you watch the wire in the first episode, this, he mentions the bow case. He mentions it a couple. I think he, it comes up a couple, a few other times during the course of the series. Very, very obscure, very, you know, low key. It doesn't, it's just like something that, ha- but that is the catalyst 
for this whole fucking series for all these people that get pissed off at McNulty, for everybody that hates McNulty, for everything that McNulty does, it's because he got beat on a murder rap that he thought he had dead to rights. And and that's what I love. That's what you gotta love about McNulty. Um that's it. That, I mean that's 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 the essence of McNulty. And so McNulty is based on he's basically kind of loosely based on Ed Burns, all right, co-creator of the show. Uh, but I think what they did was they it was like a composite thing where they took a few aspects of different uh, characters in this show that were based on you know different parts of of Ed Burns. Um, but Ed Burns was you know he he went up against his his superiors a lot. Um, he actually to the point where he left the police department to go work for the um, the district attorney's office or the prosecutor's office. Um, and he brought in like some big cases. Uh, I want to. I'm not sure if it was the, if he did the Melvin Williams case. Uh, it's possible. I gotta. I gotta check. Um, but I think he did. But he uh, also. They also took some of his, you know, career path and put it into other guys. Like uh, I'll get into some of it in a minute. But I just wanted to say like some of what McNulty is. It comes from personal experience of Ed Burns, one of the creators. Uh, we'll get into some of the other characters that were loosely based on on Ed. Ed, um, what do I keep forgetting? Ed Burns. But um, so yeah, so that's that's the initial introduction to a lot of the characters. Then then you know, episode one it goes into the narcotics division. Okay, because what happens is all these all these different characters get um assembled it's almost like an avengers it's like the baltimore uh you know major crimes avengers all right because so bunk and mcnulty are homicide now you go and we see uh kima greggs uh tom herc car uh uh herc we go, I'll call him Herc. I can't remember. They always call him Herc. I think it's, I'm pretty sure his first name is Tom, and his Hawk is his like last name, like not H A W K. It's spelled like a Germanish, Germanic way. But it's uh, we'll call him Herc and Carver. Okay, so Herc and Carver are like they've been. It seems like they've been partners for a little while. Very, very like the, of the same mind. Um. They they definitely oh little little guitar for you, uh definitely like like minded individuals and they're like 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 smash and grab kind of guys they just like go out bus heads, get some busts bring them in, end of story they're not looking for like you know big like going on big investigations. Kima Greggs is there I I want to say, I don't think she's their superior because they bring this up later like she they're not like they're not. I don't think she outranks them, but she definitely has their lieutenant's, uh, you know, ear. Like, she's definitely, like, the favorite of them. Definitely smarter. You can tell right off the rip they're smarter. Like, the very first scene, they're uh, doing, like, a bust um, on drugs and guns. And, you know, they, they, they're they setting it up. Keem is, like, like in the background. She's with, the, like, the, uh, the snitch, I guess you would call, some girl. And... They, Herc and Kava pull over this car that just did a, a drug bust, uh, a drug deal, 
And they pull out the shotgun, they put it on the hood, and they're all like, yeah, yeah, we got these guys, you know, the Western District way, all that bullshit. And then uh, Kima comes up, she drives up, and uh, she goes into the car, they're like all happy, and they're looking at her, and they see her like start looking around the car, like you can see like Kava start getting like, oh shit, did we forget something? And sure enough, she pulls out another gun, she looks at her, she's like, two guns, we said Two guns, and they're like, "Oh, so, sorry, you know." Like, they, they, and they don't, you know. At first, they're like embarrassed about it, but then, like, they just brush it off, and they just—that's Hurricane Kava, you know. And Key McGregs, uh, great, great uh, character, um, and this is our first introduction to the narcotic side. And then they're back at the station, and uh, we meet Lieutenant Daniels. I think, I think. Before the, he even like talks to them, we already see him getting ripped because because of the shitstorm that McNulty started in the in the court in the judges' chambers and talking about Boxdale and how he beat all these cases um, has already started because the judge calls the commissioner, the commissioner calls the deputy ops Burrell, who we're meeting now, who's ripping Daniels and everybody else and everybody, all the top brass in the police force are getting ripped. Because this judge, well, not because of this judge, because Jimmy McNulty went to this judge and told him about this Boxdale crew that runs the drug trade in West Baltimore, basically dominates it, and nobody knows who the fuck this guy is, and everybody's getting a fucking piece of their ass chewed out, and it's everybody's going to take a bite, and it's it's just fucking, it's, it's, it's hilarious, and when the first time you watch it, it's hard to follow. It's like, it's hard to catch all this shit because there's so much going on and there's so much political aspect to it. And there's so, so many characters you're getting introduced to. Like you're just, you're just trying to, just trying to like absorb like all the characters that you're going to have to know. And you get all this shit going on already. Like that starts this whole thing happening. So, so yeah, so, then Daniels comes out of that meeting, you know, with a big piece of his ass missing, and he's he comes over. And he's like, "We gotta, I need, you know, some information on Boxdale, you know, Avon Boxdale. Who is this guy? And nobody knows who the fuck Avon Boxdale is until we get to meet him. Um, we'll, we'll, we get to meet him sh- very shortly. Uh, first, we see D'Angelo, who's fresh out of court, uh, fresh out of jail. He's driving with WeeBay. So WeeBay is probably like the top enforcer in the Boxdale, Boxdale crew. So by top enforcer, we say top, you know, biggest hitman. Like they need somebody done. They need somebody fucking in the ground. WeeBay is the guy they're going to go to. The first guy for the most, for the most important ones. Actually, I wouldn't even say that. Like he'll, he'll do any of them, but they got other guys that they, they go to. But WeeBay is probably like the most trusted, um, Boxdale enforcer. He's a very he's the closest to the top. So Weebay, I guess he picks D'Angelo up from court. It seems like it's at night. They're driving, and D'Angelo just starts talking like, "Oh, that was real sweet what you did with that witness." Ah. And, and you can see, and, and one of the things that you see with Weebay, he likes to blow out his mouth. And the only reason I call it blowing out his mouth is because Avon. <laughs> actually calls him out for it in one scene. He's like, what the fuck are you blowing out your mouth for? But he does He's like... <sighs> and, he just, and, and so D'Angelo's ranting and ranting about fucking, you know, like the court case and what they did and how they turned the witness. And, and Weebay just goes... Psh. 
and he pulls the car over, gets out, and then D'Angelo follows him out. He's like, what's the rule, yo? What's the rule? And he's like, what? Don't talk in the car. He's like, but I'm just saying. He's like, what's the rule? Don't talk in the car. So, like, right, right here, you see, this is a disciplined organization. This is... This is not just like your run-of-the-mill street thugs, um, you know, unorganized, just like sell, slinging fucking cracking heroin and, 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 you know, no, they are disciplined, they are organized, they have a hierarchy, they have uh, reach, you know what I mean? They have to turn witnesses and all that shit. So, like, you, you're already, like, this very first episode, not only are you meeting the police and it's very heavy on the on the police side of the things but you're also realizing like they're up against the police are up against a formidable opponent the the just the scale of the boxdale organization uh which you don't even know yet but you're just getting like those those little like ideas of it like okay yeah they 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 turn witnesses they have rules like don't don't talk in the car that they follow like like that people follow and if anybody doesn't follow you get called out on it um shit like that and then so they end up be boxed uh we bay and d'angelo end up at orlando's and here's where we first meet uh avon boxdale so this is the guy this is the one you know the the white stag this is the one that everybody's talking about you know you've heard his name mentioned nobody knows about him he's the ghost here he is right there and hey this guy and shit i i very embarrassed the next episode i will know his name uh i love the guy uh who plays avon boxdale i'm embarrassed i don't know his name because Every time I see him, he, he he's popped up in like a few movies here and there, and I was like, "Hey, it's Avon Boxdale," you know. And I gotta, I know his name, I've heard it, and I, I I just can't remember it right now. But he should be a household name, like just for the the way he plays Avon Boxdale. Like there are other villains in the Wire, uh, through the five seasons, and none of them are, I don't know, as as charismatic as as believable. And as I don't know, just I don't know, I don't know the word to put to him. Uh, but he's he's just a he was a, he's a great character. He he's very genuine. Like he you you really feel like it's almost like he because of the him because of the guy that plays Avon, and I know his name. Like I said, I I just I'll never think of it. I'm not gonna try. Um, he made this feel almost like a documentary. Like you could picture him as this kind of drug kingpin that's real smart, real savvy, real street smart, knows how to like keep himself out of harm's way as far as like the police and and all that shit go. Um yeah, I mean I mean Avon Boxdale, the character is great. The 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 actor, the acting is great. Um, and so let's get into this Avon thing. Uh, Avon Boxdale, uh, is based on a real life, uh, you know, Baltimore drug kingpin, uh, from, but like from way back before, I think it was like seventies. Uh, I want to say this guy was around, uh, the, 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 the individual is Melvin Williams, uh, like a notorious, you know, just ruthless, uh, drug dealer, but very smart, very uh, careful, and he 
he was the he was a character he well I, i'm sorry he was an actor in the wire okay um it's probably not who it's funny because he plays like a character just on the total opposite end of the spectrum uh but if you if you have seen the wire uh you will know who i'm talking about it's the deacon uh he comes up later in the series i want to say probably in season three um he starts showing up and from season three season he he's in the rest of the series uh he's he's very uh present in the the cuddy uh storyline you know um Dennis, uh, Dennis, uh, shit, who is also, uh, Cuddy is also based on a, a real act person, um, who they didn't even change his name, I think is Wise, Dennis Wise, uh, so the only thing they did was add the nickname of Cuddy, but there's an actual Dennis Wise that he didn't get into the boxing thing, but he did, like, try to leg- get, go legit after, like, a life of just being a fucking brutal murderer. He served his time, came out, and then didn't want nothing to do with the life, but that's that's the story for another episode. Um, but yeah, so Melvin Williams is the person that, Avon Boxdale is basically based on, uh, and like I said, Melville, and and this is this is gonna come up a lot in this. We're gonna have characters that are played by an actor, where the person that the character is based on is in the wire playing another character, um, and that's gonna come up in season th- in episode three. Um, so all right, so so we've met the the main. Uh, you know, components in homicide, in narcotics. We've met the Boxdale crew, um, and we see that, you know, the Boxdale crew has a little bit of a, like, kind of like a, a base in this strip club called Orlando's. Um, that's where D'Angelo meets Avon. Avon talks to him, kind of gives him a little kind of slap around, you know, and he sends D'Angelo on his way. D'Angelo thinking, all right, well, I got my little slap on the wrist. Uh, everything's cool. Shows up for work the next day, and Weebay is there to say, "Nah, uh, uh-uh, uh, you're, you're coming with me." So, even to even like further like fortify this uh, the sense of the structure of the Boxdale crew, um, you fuck up, you get demoted. All right, it don't matter if you're family or not. The reason he's D'Angelo's still alive is probably the only reason is probably because he's family. Otherwise, they probably would have just fucking offed him and left him somewhere. They don't leave any any uh, stones unturned. They don't, they don't leave any loose strings. Um, they're very, very well organized. And that's, that's like one of the takeaways from the very first episode. Um, so yeah, D'Angelo shows up for work at the high-rises. So the high-rises, you're going to figure, a lot of customers, a lot of people, a lot of crack, uh, you know, uh, dope fiends and and whatnot he shows up that's where he was working that's when he killed the guy uh you know that he got arrested for um so we basically says uh yeah well i'm gonna take you around the way and when he says around the way he means the pit all right so the pit so the boxdale organization they run all the high rises so this is the projects high rises being you know these big tall you know skyscrapers of projects and obviously you could fit 
a lot more people in those. Uh, that's where the big money is. That's where they put their most trusted, uh, you know, sergeants or whatever you want to call them, captains, uh, capos, I guess. D'Angelo, because he fucked up and he shot that guy and he got he he took a charge or, or he had they had to pay money to beat the charge. He gets demoted, so he goes to the pit. So they bring him to the pit and he's pissed. I mean, D'Angelo's like, "What the fuck? I'm a boxdale, you know." But hey, it doesn't matter. It's 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 business. It's all business, and that's what we see. So Boxdale, uh, D'Angelo goes to the pit, you know, and they're like, all right, whatever. He's he's now he's there. He's gonna run the pit, and this also puts him back on salary, where the guys that run the the, the towers they get points on the package, which means like for the more they sell, the more they make. Where D'Angelo, no matter what he does, he's gonna get paid, you know, the same amount. Uh, as a as a person on salary, I know that's sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. I, I'd imagine as a drug dealer, that's probably bad because if you don't earn what you're getting paid, uh, you probably just get fucking got. I guess. Um, you know, for me, I just hey, I I always I, I always feel like I earn it, but I'm talking about hours worked. Some days, some weeks, you work way more hours than you're getting paid for so sometimes you gotta you gotta hey you gotta you gotta take that back and and work less hours i guess i don't know i don't know how you do it but um yeah so here at the pit we meet uh some more key players in the story uh you meet you meet wallace uh poot and Bodie. so those are the three that you know, they're kind of like the underlings in the pit. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Ronnie Moe, uh, who we don't meet much. I mean, we see him um, getting arrested, I think. And we see him a couple times here and there. But you don't you don't see Ronnie Moe much. But apparently he used to run the pit. And not too good. Because D'Angelo comes in and he starts setting some, some like, he's like, this is how this shit was run, man. This is, this is shit shabby, yo. Customers straight up after taking their money. Somebody snapping pictures, they got the whole damn thing. See what I'm saying? Yeah. You get paid. You send their ass off around the building, yo. Then you serve. All right? And we got to start tightening up, man. No more shortcuts. What's your count? I'm up to 70. You want to count it? I mean... I don't know how y'all do shit up in the towers, but down here, you want to count it. Oh, shit. Hey, yo, yo, ho, ho, ho. Y'all niggas been burnt. Huh? Huh? That's what you got to say? Huh? This look like money, motherfucker? Money be green. Money feel like money. That shit look green to you? Got a dead fucking president on it. Nigga, I don't give a fuck about the president, that shit ain't money. He ain't no president. What you mean? Hamilton? He ain't no president. Nigga, is you crazy? Ain't no ugly ass white man get his face on no legal motherfucking tender sep he president. If this shit happen again, you off the money. You hear me? You ain't even gonna be serving no more. 
Your ass be out on the bottom end of Vine Street sucking on a 40 yelling 5 volt. You hear me? Get the fuck out of here. But, um, so anyway, we meet those guys. That we're going to hear a lot more about, you know, uh, Bodie, Poot, and Wallace, especially, um, in episodes to come. So this is, uh, this is, the, so we met like the main players right now. There, there's a few more that will come, but, uh, you know, th- this is like way where, all right. So there's the other story. Um, there's another storyline here. So you kind of like, you see like how this, this kind of plays out. So you get the police storyline and you're seeing things from this point of view and you got the drug dealer, uh, kind of storyline and you're seeing things from their point of view. All right, and th- and I think that's what makes this so different. Um, aside from the realism and all that shit, um, and, and like the, the the perspectives that this is coming from, the, you're also it's the perspective, the storyline perspectives that you're seeing, um, where you're seeing it. There's main characters on both sides, you know. Uh, we see inside their minds. We get we get a look at how what they're thinking about and how they feel from both sides. And now you get the two sides, and then they 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 expand on that, and they bring you another side, and they're bringing you from the so you got the the cop side, you got the drug dealer side, and then they're gonna give you on top of that the drug user side, all right? Because because then we meet Bubs and Johnny, all right? These are two heroin addicts, and Bubs is just like a, a fixture on the streets of Baltimore, apparently. Um, he's just like. You know he's been he's been around, been around the way as they say, and he is just, uh, you know he's he's been through the ringer, he's done it all, and and so we meet him and he's talking to uh, like this young kid, this young white kid, uh, and he's trying to like kind of school him on how to how to just get by as a as a drug addict, you know, and how to like get the most out of you know they call it ripping and running. You know, like ripping and running, playing the game, all that shit, and and all the quest is just to get high. And so we, the first time we meet Bubbles, he's he's showing Johnny this scheme where he's got a ten dollar bill, and they go to like a you know a Kinkos or whatever back then, and they they make copies of this ten dollar bill, and they cut it, and so they they start with the ten dollar bill and they fold the fake ten dollar bill under it and they cut it out of the paper and then he also like he even like these little things like he 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 takes a coffee and and like crumples up the 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 fake dollar bill with coffee and like rubs it and dirt and stuff and he's like what's why why are you putting coffee on it johnny says he's like he's like oh to give it that real money feel you know he's like you you're green man i'm trying to make you brown and he's like all these little things man but but bubs is like good guy but he's just he's a slave to to the heroin and he's trying to he's trying to do right by this kid because this kid is already an addict he's just trying to like show him how to survive in the streets and show him what he does and he pulls out he pulls off the uh the scam he goes up to the to the deal and it happens to be wallace who we just met met a short time ago, and he gives him the money. He's he, he's able to like do it while Wallace is distracted, and runs off, gets his gets his drugs, and runs off, and, and it's a successful con. Uh, who uh, 
uh, D'Angelo picks up on it, calls Wallace out for getting burnt, and so you know now they're on the lookout for it. So we we fast forward like a day later probably. Now Johnny wants to do the scam, so Johnny does the money. He he does it. He rump, does it like Bub showed him. It goes up, and uh, Wallace has the money. He's trying, and there's a, he's having like an argument with another customer, and Johnny like put tries to put the money in his hand like Bubbles did, and it just falls to the ground, and and that fake dollar, that fake ten dollars is just sitting out there like you can just see it's like you know a Xeroxed ten dollar bill, and Johnny panics and runs, and Bodie sees it, he catches up to him, so this is this is a very important scene, so Bodie catches up to Johnny. Uh, Johnny gets tackled and then D'Angelo's there and Bodie looks at D'Angelo like, what should we do? You know, should we whoop his ass? Because, you know, or, you know, what, what do you want us to do? And D'Angelo, he doesn't even say whoop his ass. He just kind of like turns away. And then Bodie just takes that as, all right, we can whoop his ass. And he kicks his ass. But this is like where you see like D'Angelo, he ain't cool with all the violence. He ain't cool with that, that kind of, uh, you know, just like he—he he looks at it as a business, all right. He—he's cool with that part of it. Like, hey, we sell drugs. We have a—we have a—we have a marketplace. We have customers that want our product. They're gonna get it somewhere else if we don't—if we don't sell it. If they're not getting it from us, they're gonna get it somewhere else. What's wrong with that? But he has a big problem with all the violence. Like, some of it may be necessary. You know, like you know, you're gonna. Have, like in his situation where somebody was going crazy and they were attacking him and he just didn't see any choice but to pull his gun and fucking shoot the guy. But he sees a lot of violence that's just like either retaliatory or discriminatory or just like just nonsensical. Like the violence that he sees, he has a real problem with. And that is another thing that that bleeds into the rest of this, this series. Um, so that's, you know, once again, another, this, this, there's so much in, so there's so much in this first episode. I, I, I have to (laughs) change. I, I'm, 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 I'm switching gears, uh, mid pedal here. I'm, I'm just going to say, I'm going to do this one episode on the first episode of the first season. It's the very first series. It's the very first episode of the of the series. There's so much to unpack and there's so much that you didn't realize the first time you watched it that I'm trying to I'm trying to screw you. You're, you're all are green. I'm trying to make you brown, you know what I'm saying? And uh another thing about Bubbles is that you kind of see where he got his name in this episode. Uh, cause after they, you know, he, they did their first, uh, scam with the, with the money where he, he actually, it was successful. They go back to like, you know, some row house somewhere, abandoned house and they shoot up and, they, and they're all, they're on a nod and you can see like bubbles is talking and there's, he's like blowing spit bubbles out of his mouth. It's pretty gross, but, uh, but that's like, that's really the only time that you see that, that happen. So that's like, your that's. If you're wondering why they call him Bubbles, I'm guessing it's going to be that. Like, he blows, like, two or three bubbles out of his mouth while he's trying to talk. But he's also, like, nodding out and, like, about to fucking pass out. So, um, yeah, that that's that's what, you know, what, oh, oh, and so, and Bubbles, another thing about Bubbles, I'm sorry. He is also based on a real character 
Uh, this guy, that all, all we know him by is Possum. All right, so Bubbles, Possum, I can see, you know, a, a two-syllable word, you know, one-word name. Uh, just the same kind of thing as, like, a, like a, a heroin addict uh, that tried to get out of the game. He, he tried to get clean. Uh, he became a police informant, which we'll find out about Bubbles later on, actually very shortly. Um, and uh, there's another aspect of this guy that's different from Bubbles. Uh, I think we'll share that later. Uh, I don't, I don't, I won't get into that now, but, um, yeah, so, so you got the two, so now we, we've met the police, uh, most of the police that we're going to be dealing with most of the year. Um, one police I did not mention is Captain Rawls. Uh, just the, the biggest piece of shit. Actually, Second piece of shit in the Baltimore police force. Uh, I haven't gotten into Burrell, and we do meet Burrell, uh, who's the deputy ops, uh, you know, so dep- deputy commander of operations um, in the Baltimore Police Department. Uh, we'll get into him a little bit more later, but Rawls, we really, Rawls wears his fucking heart on his sleeve. Uh, one of the best scenes. And I, I think I think I think I'm gonna play it for you. Um. Sit the fuck down, detective. Something wrong? Put your ass in the chair. You see these McNulty? You see him? These are for you. These are for you for as long as it takes me to get even. Major, what no, is... No, no, don't major me, you backstabbing, smart-ass piece of shit. What the fuck you doing over at the courthouse anyway? Why the fuck are you talking to some shitbag judge? These are for you, McNulty. This one over here is going up your narrow fucking Irish ass. And this bad boy over here is in your fucking eye. I'm upstairs answering questions about some project nigger I never even heard of who's supposed to have beat my unit out of ten murders. Three. They only beat three in court. I got the deputy asking about ten. Well, no, they did ten. We only charged them with three. You're full of shit. Well, sir, you can check the files. Maurice Scroggins, Toreen Boyd, Roland Leggett. What's the name? The girl they found in the stairwell in Saratoga. Colette something or other. I mean, Major, these guys are real. They beat me up on the Gerard Bogue case, just like they did Barlow. Scroggins? I don't have an H file on Scroggins. He was last year, summer. Two in the back of the head, low-rise courtyard. Let me understand something. You were having the deputy bust my balls over a prior year case? Is this what I need from you, you insubordinate little fuck? Major, look, I'm really sorry. Phelan, he and I, we, we go back a little, you know? He wanted to know what I know about the crew in his court. I didn't mean to cross you. I had up. to go upstairs knowing nothing and explain to the deputy why he's getting calls about murders that don't mean a shit to anybody. Look, sir, this judge, he fucks me up. He asked me a question, I answer it. I didn't know he was going to call anybody. You have my attention, detective. My complete, undivided attention. But just 
you gotta understand, like he's got the two middle fingers up, and McNulty comes in, and he calls McNulty into the office. It's Doc, and he's like, "These are for you, McNulty." He's got, he's got the two middle fingers up, and he's like, "One of these is going in your fucking ear or the eye or whatever. And the other one's going up your Irish ass." And he's <laughs> and he's just he's so like one thing I respect about Rawls. Is like if he don't like you, he lets you know he don't like you. He don't play. He don't fucking pull no punches. Uh, Rawls is a great character. As much as you hate him, like I hate him. Like the guy's such a dick. But you gotta think if you're a boss in any kind of company and you got a McNulty working under you, how much would that piss you off? Like a guy that's just so insubordinate and does not respect your command, even if you're wrong. They shouldn't do that shit. Not the way that McNulty does. So I I do sympathize with Rawls a little bit. You know, Mother Burrell. Like, I think Burrell is a piece of shit. Like, he's just a scumbag, like, wanting, just worrying about his own career. Like, Rawls has a little bit of that. But I think it's more, he doesn't like being inconvenienced. And that's what, McNulty is an inconvenience for Rawls. That's my. That's the way I I see it, um, but yeah, I, I I just I forgot. Like I think I'm not sure where that scene was with with McNulty and uh, these are for you, McNulty, and that's just a a fucking great. But uh, yeah, also in the first first episode, uh, like I said, we do meet uh, Deputy Ops Burrell. Uh, he does meet up with Daniels. He this is where like the. Uh, this task force gets put together. Like this is like the beginning of it. And Daniels, Lieutenant Daniels of homicide is put in charge. And he's told, you know, Burrell tells him like, I don't, I want no surprises. Daniels. Basically he's telling Daniels to be like his, not necessarily a snitch because he's just following the train of command. Like, uh, Daniels is in charge of this detail and he would report directly to Burrell. So it's not like he's telling him to be a snitch, but he's just telling him like, I don't want any surprises, anything you do, you talk to me first before you do it. And you let me know what it is. He's like, I want a quick, like this whole shitstorm that McNulty started with the, with the judge, the, the, all the police department wants to do is just give like, make him happy Give him a few busts under this Boxdale fucking organization and shut him the fuck up and get back to their regular, you know, normal scheduled day. You know, your normal, regular scheduled programming, as uh, they would say in the old days. Um, so, yeah, so that's... Um, the only other things you really see in this episode, I guess you don't meet any new characters. Uh, we see... Uh, we get a little more insight into the McNulty and Bunk relationship where they, they're they out drinking on the train tracks, which is fucking funny. Um, it's a funny scene. The, the funniest is this fucking story that, that Bunk tells about about this mouse um, that sits in his house. And I, I forget how they get on the subject, but he's like, oh, my wife sees a mouse. She's on, she's on the chair, like a fucking cartoon character. And she's like, ah, oh, I saw this little motherfucker. And I, 
and, and he so he opened up the closet and he found him and McNulty's like, "Oh, what'd you do?" He's like, "I fucking lit his ass up." <laughs> he shot. Him. He's like, you, you know, he's like, you shot him with your service revolver. He's like, and and, and Bunk's like, uh, "Yeah, I thought about leaving him, leaving him out there, let all those little motherfuckers know, what, like scare all the other motherfuckers away or some shit like that." It's fucking hilarious. I drive all the way down to Liberty Road at two in the damn morning. On the midnight shift, I got two murders and a police shooting going down to do what? Get a goddamn mouse out of my wife's bedroom closet. Can you imagine that shit? So what did you do? What the fuck you think? I got the mouse out as fast as I could. Drove back to work. Couldn't do nothing else. Hey, Dean, out of her fucking mind over this little-ass field mouse. I mean, she's up on a chair and shit when I come like some goddamn cartoon. I mean, how did you catch the mouse? Catch him? I lit his ass up. You shot the mouse? Mm-hmm. With your nine? First shot killed my wife's dress shoe. Got him with the second. Shot a mouse with your service weapon? Yeah. What do you do with the carcass? I cleaned it up. Yeah. I thought about leaving that little motherfucker there as a warning to the others. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck me. But that's pretty much the last. Uh, oh, and another thing on that scene, too, is. Very, very foreshadowy, like, metaphor here, where McNulty is taking a piss while they're on, they're still there, they're on the train tracks, and McNulty's on the train tracks taking a piss, and a train stops coming, and the train's fucking heading right at him, he's just pissing, he's talking to Bunk like it's it's no big thing, like, he doesn't even realize it, and you can kind of see, like, in the look in Bunk's eyes, like, he's, he's looking at, the, he's kind of like, his eyes are, are going back and forth from, like, the train to McNulty, and he's like wondering if he should say something. He never does, which is what I love about this show. Is like they, those things where like some some shows or movies would like he would say like oh, McNulty, what are you gonna do? You gonna get out of the way? And this they just left it so subtle that McNulty that Bunk never says anything. And McNulty just finishes his piss casually, steps off the tracks, and the train fucking blows by like it was like split seconds. But that's like an insight like it gives you like this insight and this metaphor of McNulty like he's just waiting for uh, something like a train to hit him like he's just waiting for that disaster he don't give a fuck and that's it's it's so subtle but it's it's the more every time I watch this show I, I like I I notice that scene I'm like wow that's that's such a a good metaphor that the, that the directors you know and the creators put into this was like McNulty just standing there pissing in the wind train cover straight for him and he doesn't even he doesn't even fucking acknowledge it and he just steps off like nothing nothing happened and that it that's it's so relevant to the rest of the story um but yeah that that's really it I think um for wow this is gonna be hard I can't do I like this show too much to do one season, one episode per season. 
I'm hoping I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try to do it. I think the first, there's a lot to unpack in the first episode. It's the pilot, meeting all these new characters. I think I can get through. Maybe I could do like part like a bunch of episodes in one. I don't know. We're gonna see how this goes. But Ah, there's one more episode too, I forgot. Um that sets off of that's you know, a very has a very big um a lot of relevance to the rest of the show is, like I said, Bubbles and Johnny, Johnny Weeks. But and Johnny Weeks is played by, if, if anybody back in the day saw the movie Kids, um, this was Tully. Telly? Telly? Tully? Uh, he was like the main male actor. Kind of the guy, he was kind of a scumbag. I think he ended up raping the girl and giving her AIDS or some shit. Uh, movie Kids was very... Yeah, it's a cringe. It's a cringy movie uh, from back in the day. Uh, uh, Chloe Savigny was in it, um, but yeah, it was really, really fucked up. But anyway, Tull, uh, Tully, um, Johnny saw Bubs pull off that that scam with the with the fake money, so he does it. And like I said, he gets beat up. Um, that that scene where where Bodie is looking at at D'Angelo asking him, "Hey, should we whoop his ass or what?" Um, he gets he gets his ass whooped. Like he, he gets put in the hospital. You know, broken ribs, collapsed lungs, all that kind of fucking shit. Like he's in the hospital for a long ass time. Ends up in a colostomy bag, all that shit. Um, so while he's in the hospital, Kima uh, Kima Greggs, who we met in Narcotics. Uh, she gets a, gets a page and this is where we learn that Kima and, uh, uh, Bubs have a prior kind of relationship. Like a, he, he was, a, was a informant for her on some other shit. Um, I don't know if it goes past that. Like they seem like they got like a really close relationship. I don't know if it's just the Kima's nature. Like Kima, you can tell she's like a really nice person, just a wholesome, um, like she's like your quintessential like what you want in a police person um she's what you want like she she stands by the rules she's very uh you know just everything is like righteous very righteous very righteous character um and she always like appreciates what bubbles does for her and you know once i guess whatever happened in the past between the two of them she feels kind of beholden to him. So every time he calls, she'll come and he calls her up while he's in the hospital, looking at his buddy, Johnny in the, in the, in the bed. And she comes and he's like, Oh, I, I, I got, I got some stuff for you. I got something for you. And you know, his plan is he's going to sick the police on the Boxdale crew. Doesn't even care about the Boxdales per se. He just cares about that pit crew that beat up his buddy and so you see a little bit of, like, Bubbles has a little bit of integrity. And Kima has tons of integrity. And the two of them together, they they are a force to be reckoned with in the end. And we'll find that out in future episodes um, of The Wire. And you're, if you, you know, if you want to just keep listening to All Geeked Outs, you know, uh, review and, and kind of... Uh, you know, my take on the wire. Um, you're, you're welcome to come back. I hope you do. 
because uh, this is, I'm going to end this here. Yeah, there's no way that this was going to be one episode. Um, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. And, uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I'm not going to do like an episode every episode, like a, a wire episode for every one of my episodes. I'm going to try to condense them. I think it was just this first episode had a lot to, to unpack. And, you know, you're getting introduced to a lot of characters. There's a lot to talk about. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just, I, if it's fun for me, it's fun for me to like talk about it. Um, and I, I hope you're getting something out of it. Uh, I hope if you haven't seen the wire, I hope you're going to go out and watch it right now. It's on HBO max, obviously. Um, it, it's just, it's, you will not be disappointed. I don't care what your interests are. I mean, uh, unless you're offended by swears and, and, you know, R rated movies, um, then yeah, I would say stay away from it. But if, if, if you're not, it's, it's got a lot of, there's a lot of messages here. Uh, there's a lot of layers. Like I said, um, it's, it's, it's just a, it's just a fantastic series that everybody needs to see at least once just to, just to get this, just to get that insight into this world that, you know, you may never, you may never have any kind of insight. And I'm not saying it's perfect. Like they they may not depict everything like to a T, but from what I've seen and I've been in some kind of shitty, you know, my life has led me to some dark places, uh, in the past, you know, not that I, not, not, I'm not saying anything like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. I just know, like, I can tell fucking what's real and from what's not. And this, this shit is as close as you're going to get. It's very gritty and, uh, check it out if you haven't. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I'm sorry for misleading. I thought, like I said, I thought I'd be able to fit a series, uh, a season into one episode. Um, but yeah, Hey, I'm kind of glad because I just like when I was watching the series, I didn't want it to end. Uh, I kind of want to just keep talking about this shit. And there's some really good characters that we haven't even, we haven't even touched on yet. Uh, and if you, if you've seen the show before, you know, some of the ones I'm talking about. So, uh, let me try to get my spiel in. Um, you know, check us out on Facebook at all geeked out podcast. Um, you know, leave a message, check us out. Uh, you know, we get some old, old, um, links to some old episodes there. You can check those out. Let us know what you think. Um, you can also check out my, mine and my wife's podcast, uh, fuck compatible spelled S F. Uh, I hate to F star star K, uh, compatible, uh, little, little relationship, uh, comedy. Um, also check us out on YouTube on the movie Misfits. Uh, it's, it's a sister podcast, but I am I am involved in most of them, uh, pretty much all of them I think at this point. But um, yeah, really good, really good stuff. You can see us on video talking. Um, myself and Emilio are on one of the episodes there, the sci-fi uh, series episode. Um, I don't know. I think that's it. Just yeah, I I, I think I'm going to do another one real soon. I think you're going to get like just buried in wire content pretty soon. Hey, it's the 20 year anniversary. Let's get on, let's get fucking on board and, uh, get with the program here. Uh, just want to say thank you to everybody. Thank you for your support, your patience. Uh, I know we haven't been as quick with the episodes, uh, over the summer, but you know, like I said, it's tough in the, in the summer in new England, you got to cram all that stuff that some people get to do in a whole year into three months. 
So, you know, our weekends are pretty much taken up and, you know, I work, Amelia works, so tough to get it going, but I do promise, you know, come September, we're going to pick up the pace. Definitely October. October is going to be big this year. Uh, Looking forward to October. Be ready. October is going to be our horror movie madness extravaganza. Uh, So if you're into the horror movies... Tune in in October. You're gonna you're gonna like what you hear. Uh, love you all. Thanks you. Thank you for all the support. And uh, you know, look around in the inner cities, down the alleyway. You know, look around the way. You never know. You may see the next episode of All Geeked Out.